Sean Connery passed away recently, so we decided to do our little tribute for him. Yeah, I made it to the age of 90. Um, it's, a, it's a great age. But yeah, it's still sad bit of news to see because he's such an iconic actor. Um, and of course, he was the first Bond. Um, absolute legend. I personally, he would be my favourite Bond, I think, if I lined them all up. And he's the one that I yeah think of as soon as I think of James Bond. He would have been my pick, but someone nicked it off me before. Um, but, um, <laughs> yeah, so we're just going to have a little run-through of everyone that's played Bond, whether we like them or not, really. Um, so, Luke, I know you uh, wanted to talk a little bit about Sean Connery as Bond. Um, who's he's picked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, look, I told you, we could both do Sean Connery. There's no need to. There's no need to be like that. <laughs> but you insisted, insisted that I took him. And I'm not gonna, not gonna back down on that. To be fair, um, <laughs> don't blame you. Yeah, it's like you said, mate. Um, when you think of Bond, you think of Sean Connery first. Anyone that came after couldn't help but imitate him in some way. And that's not to say that everyone since Sean Connery has been an imitation of what he's done. There's been you know, a few different kind of takes on him, especially as you get into the kind of newer films. But he's the original and he's the best. Like, when you think Bond, you think Sean Connery. You immediately picture the Aston Martin DB5. And for me, there's only one one bloke that should be sat behind the steering wheel of that car. And, you know, it's not it's not Daniel Craig, unfortunately. But I'm going to get to that. Yeah, I'll, no, no <laughs> doubt, no doubt you will. Um, you know, it is a shame that he's that he's gone. Uh, but oh, it is. It's a great shame. It's an incredible career, and he's he he established what it was to be to be James Bond, and you know, no one else has put their mark on that role or their stamp on it in the same way that he did. And there's not much more that you can say, really, if you're talking about about Bond and, and Sean Connery. I mean, you know, obviously elsewhere in his career as well, he's played iconic characters. He's Indiana Jones' dad. Like, what? Yeah, the funny yeah. thing about that, sorry, on a side note. Yeah, go on. Is, um, yeah, you played Harrison Ford's dad, but he's actually only about... 10 years or so older because um <laughs> harrison ford's pushing 80 now i think yeah, yeah i think he is 80 i think you're right yeah mental i was gonna say i'd be chuffed if i made it to 90 i'm not sure if i would be because i probably wouldn't have the same level of health care that sean connery had and <laughs> i probably wouldn't be retiring to the bahamas either <laughs> but you know what an innings and what an mm. unbelievable career when someone dies, you hear all these stories and you, you kind of worry sometimes about what's going to come out about them. I'm sure there are a couple of a couple of things hidden away in his locker, as there are of everyone. But yeah. for the most part, you just hear about how charming he was, what a nice guy he was. And, you know, it, I, I think certainly when it comes to charm, you know, so much of that charm and charisma comes across in the way that he plays plays James Bond. And that's um, that sets the tone for that character. 
like I've read a couple of the Bond books and um, it's really difficult to square off that character sometimes against some of the actors that you see portraying him on screen but a lot less so with Sean Connery I think that's a fair comment back to what you said about Sean Connery being like the nice guy it seems like he had a lot of friends and um, one of the funny stories I heard I know he's not everyone's favorite uh, director but Michael Bay when they did The Rock I don't know Mm. if either of you guys have seen that film that's not a bad one actually they needed some more money for it. So uh, Michael Bay went along with Sean Connery to the meeting. He was like, look, I'll come with you and have a word. And he was like, just give this guy some fucking money to get <laughs> it made. Like, and yeah. then they, because it was Sean Connery and he had that, you know, that star power, they, um, they obviously respected him and uh, got the film made. And like I said, it's a pretty decent movie that if you haven't seen it, it's worth checking out. But, um, yeah, nice. And again, it's, you're right, it comes over like when he's playing Bond. You know, he's obviously got that cockiness about him that Bond should have, and he's a ladies' man. Um, and obviously he had the look for it as well. I mean, I, I think women still found him attractive, even up to his, like like said, up to his 90s, but he, he looks so good for his age. I don't blame him. <laughs> yeah, right. But, um, yeah, uh, for me, like, yeah, it's the epitome of Bond, like, when I think of it, um, you know, in the suit, when he's like sat in the casinos, pretty much when he's doing anything, really, like you said, sat behind the Aston Martin wheel, he just pulls it all off and it's so natural. And some actors, when they played a big role like that, yeah, you could look at them and go, oh, yeah, they just played Bond. But you do still look at him with all those other roles that he's played. Um, showing He shows what a great actor he is, really, or was, sorry. Um, Lewis, what do you think of Connery? See, what you two have said about the actor Sean Connery is like quite touching. I've seen, so I've seen his Bond series, but other than that, I've only seen the film that made him retire. <laughs> I know it. I know. It. Here we go. <laughs> so, when that came out, what year did that come out? League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was two thousand and three. 2003, so I was 12 when that came out. The film that is deemed, and now I'm an adult, is a bloody awful film, and no wonder he retired. But for me, it's a good laugh. I've got to be honest, I saw that film like when I was a kid as well, and I actually didn't mind it, but I feel like if I watched it now, I'd have a completely different take on it. I kind of want to go back and watch it, but that's another topic. <laughs> I'm aware of him, of course, because it's Sean Connery, and I'm aware that he was the first James Bond. And you both are right in saying that, you know, when you do read the books, you do kind of picture Sean Connery because it's exactly how he's described in the books as who Sean or what Sean Connery did to the character, did with the character, sorry. But I personally don't think he's my favourite Bond. That's fair enough. I mean, everyone you've got to have opinions on these things. And if every yeah. single person said that Connery was their favorite, as great as he was, it would be boring because you want different opinions. You know, it spices it up a bit. Exactly. I mean, am I going to be going next? Cause I've got a good little segue. So no, you're not. Cause you're, you're <laughs> we're going, we're going in chronological order. Oh, okay. So. All right. I liked what you two said about him. I do really want to watch the rock, but league of extraordinary gentlemen, 
is probably the only film that I remember watching him in. There's some classic. <laughs> there's some classics he's in that I haven't seen, like The Man Who Would Be King with Michael Caine. I need to see that. Like, how many films is he must be in a lot? Because I kind of get the impression that he's like, he's like the Scottish version of Samuel Jackson, where he kind of went through a stage of just signing on for films during like the 80s, 90s, even the 70s. But then, yeah, it's just a shame that during, you know, the noughties, he didn't make any films. And that was when I was obviously growing up through the late 90s, noughties. So I didn't yeah. have a chance to really watch anything with him in. No, that's fair enough. I mean, some of these films kind of pass you by and you don't mm. get around to it. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's plenty I haven't seen him in that I, uh, I will eventually get around to. Because, like I said, he's one, he was definitely one of the greats. And he'll always yeah. be remembered as one of the greats. Um, so in between Sean, Con- Sean Connery did five movies and then he left, uh, and for one film, George Lazenby took over the role. Um, I've got to be honest, I haven't actually seen that one all the way through with George Lazenby, but some people really rate his performance. And yeah. then, um, which is where we move on to Roger Moore, who I think is probably one of the next best ones. Again, it, for me, like, after Connery, it's another one that I watched a lot of the movies when I was growing up. Um, they're a little bit more sort of child-friendly maybe than some of the first Pierce Brosnan ones because I think that's when the certificate started to change a little bit. So I watched a lot more of the Roger Moore ones. Um, and again, he's a, he's another Bond. He's no longer with us, unfortunately. But um, I still think he did a good job. He He was a different sort of Bond to Connery but he still had that sort of poshness about him you know he was a ladies man again yeah he definitely had that spark and I think they picked even though Sean Connery was irreplaceable I think at the time I think it was still a good choice Um, maybe some of his films were a little bit iffy here and there but as a Bond I still think he was uh, he put a pretty decent shift in um, maybe not quite as famous as Sean Connery when you sort of mention it and like their other films they've been in. But, um, you know, I still think he was like a classic actor from that period. But like I said, I think he was maybe let down by a couple of the entries in the Bond series rather than him himself. I think he was a good actor. What's your opinion yeah. of Roger Moore, Luke? Yeah, he, uh, I, I think I, I mostly agree. Um, I think the the main difference is that I I, de- I mean I definitely agree that he was let down by some of the uh, some of the films and some of the scripts that he was asked to perform with, and some of that makes him come across uh, quite wooden. I think. Um, also, I don't think that's helped by him probably carrying on his tenure as Bond for I don't know maybe one or two films longer than he should have as he uh, started to get a bit older and you could kind of see it. Um, but, you know, all that, all that said, he's probably my second favorite bond. I've seen so many of those films and I've seen them numerous times. And like you said, I watched them when I was a kid and there's that really goofy one where the, uh, the car does that like midair twist going up <laughs> that ramp. I always remember that, and it always just makes you think. I couldn't even tell you what film it's in, 
but I know that that's a Roger Moore, a Roger Moore film because it's fun. Like it's a fun moment in a Bond film, and you get quite a lot of those when yeah. he's when he's playing Bond more so than probably any other. I think. Um, but yeah, you know, I I really like him. Uh, I think what I want to touch on something you said as well in that you know he's I think of all the Bonds probably he's the one where you get the impression that this is like an upper upper class Oxford grad guy. Whereas I think one of the reasons I prefer Sean Connery is he's a bit more ready for a scrap. And when he's in those fights, it's a bit more believable. With Roger Moore, I don't know, comes across as a little bit more inauthentic, maybe. But none of that detracts for me from his portrayal of the character in any way. Yeah, I totally get where you're coming from. Um, now I come to think of it, some of the Roger Moore ones definitely are a little bit more goofier. I don't really want to use that word, but mm. there's definitely moments in it where you think, like you said about the car and Sean Connery's ones, there's like a, a little bit more grip to it maybe. Like you mm-hmm. said, he's more up for a scrap. Um, Roger Moore, it took a little bit more of a... Um, not family friendly, but not that sort of route. Do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah, some definitely. Them, there's a couple of them that are a bit dark, like Live and Let Die is quite a dark one. Um, but yeah, um, it was different. But yeah, I still enjoy them. Um, it's I gotta be honest, it's been years since I watched them, and uh, even though it's not a great film, uh, A View to a Kill was one I watched quite a lot because we had it on video, mm. um, and we didn't have a lot of them at the time on video. Uh, so again, it was my go-to one. I used to watch it. Like if I watched it now, I'd probably be like, "Actually, it's not a great um, movie." Yeah, I, I, I still think he did a good shift as Bond, and like, you know, he should get a bit of credit there. So yeah, that's why I picked Roger Moore as mine. Um, Lewis, have you seen any of the Roger Moore ones? Yeah, I've seen Roger Moore ones, uh, and in my opinion, I think he's better than Sean Connery. Oh, yeah. Um... But that might be because what you were going back about, you know, having them on videotape. I feel old, but when you were saying that, I kept thinking to myself, you know, during that time when we were young, we didn't have streaming services. We didn't have, like, the internet much. We didn't have DVDs, Blu-rays, etc. Like, we didn't have, like, this source to be able just to kind of, you know, either buy it or watch it. So when I was young, I, you know, I think someone gave me like the first 15 Bond films on VHS. Right. Okay. And I remember enjoying Roger Moore's stint a lot more because of how young I was. So where it was all goofy and a bit kind of over the top, I, I liked all that. My put one of my personal favorites from his saga is live and let die. Just because I remember the villain being amazing. I can't remember the villain's name, but I just remember him being distinctively ruthless. And like the fir- he's the first Bond villain I kind of think of. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's the same sh- set piece with what you were saying, Luke, about the car. And I'm pretty sure there's also like an action set piece where he's, he jumps on alligators as well. But I haven't oh seen the film God. for a yeah, long time. Yeah, you're so right. I forgot about that. Is that right? Like, there's a little river bit, and he's jumping on. Yeah, I don't know I... if it, I don't know if it's the same film, but it it kind of ties in, and I remember that. I mean, how ridiculous is that? But that's what we're talking about, right? Exactly, like... it's ridiculous. But 
as a kid, you're going, oh, wow, he's just jumped on alligators. Do you know what I mean? I, I thought he just did spe- spectacular work with what he was given. Um, and yeah, uh, was it you, Rich, that said family-friendly affair? Yeah, like a little bit more. Yeah, you yeah. can tell that they definitely tried to do that. Maybe kind of like create that family atmosphere where they've started to kind of form the idea of Bond as an event film. As in, you know, you take your family to the cinema rather than just you and like your mate or you and your dad or something like that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that's some some good points made there, Lewis. Um, yeah, so after Roger Moore did a pretty decent stint um, as Bond, he was then replaced by um, Timothy Dalton. Um, this one seems to divide people. Because some people think he's one of the better Bonds as well. I think it's another case of maybe the films weren't amazing, you know. Um, Living Daylights, I've only seen once and I, I thought it was okay. And Licence to Kill, this is when Bond got really nasty. I think it's one of the few that's actually 15. <clears throat> and um, yeah, it got, it got quite bloody. I think, um, yeah, there's some nasty bits in it. Um Maybe that, I, I mean, maybe that did something, did some damage to Timothy Dalton as being Bond and people didn't like it going down that route. I don't know. But, um, yeah, just the two films for him. And then he was replaced by one of the more unpopular Bonds. You know, when you sort of have a look around what people are saying, mm. Pierce Brosnan. Um, yeah, I mean, he did four, I think, all together, didn't he? Again, he's like that sort of posh guy. Um he was that era when we started getting into Bond. I imagine he was the current Bond. Um, he was, yeah, time, I think you're right. Yeah, at the time, I didn't hate him. Um, you know, I thought he was okay. He, like I said, he was sort of posh, ladies' man, what you'd expect of Bond at the time. Um, again, though, the films, like, I liked Goldeneye, but yeah, I mean, the ones after that weren't great movies, were they, let's be honest. Um, I know... One of you's got a soft spot for Tomorrow Never Dies, but we'll get on to that in part two. <laughs> um, well, I was just about to say, I mean, I'll be honest, I've got a really big soft spot for Die Another Day. <laughs> see, that's interesting, because I've got a soft spot for World Is Not Enough, so it could be quite interesting. I think we just remember the his uh, our favourite of his Bond film, just because it's, you know, like you said, we were growing up, like that was our first Bond. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Um, I've, um, I've got a nice anecdote about Die Another Day that we'll come to in the second part. Oh, but nice. r- remind me, because I'm bound to forget. Uh, right, yeah, I'll make a note. Um, and then, of course, in 2006, I believe, um, the current Bond now, so he's been Bond for 14 years, and we're awaiting the latest release, obviously, is uh, Daniel Craig. Um, Lewis, you picked him as your favourite Bond, so do you want to just tell us a little bit why? Yeah, I picked him because he's, you know, he is the best Bond. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's it. That's all you need to know. He is the best Bond. I will defend him uh, until I die or until they, you know, whoever is the next Bond. Um, for me, it might be because this is when I first started getting into Bond 
and there was a lot of news there was a lot of media cry about like do you, do you guys remember the blonde bond headlines i do yeah yeah I do. so when i've got fond memories my dad took me to watch casino royale i think it was a midnight screening obviously school night we sat there and we're watching it and i just this is before i hadn't seen any born films which i think is very important for, for my opinion so there wasn't any kind of copying and i feel like that's why people don't like daniel craig's bond because they feel like he's copying jason bourne too much but you know aside from that daniel craig i think gives it his all i think his films are action-packed they're they're more thrillers they got rid of the goofiness i, I just think daniel craig is the perfect james bond for movies for the movies not the books i think he's the perfect james bond because you can just sit there and you you know it is an event film now skyfall did i think did it come close to a billion or is it still the highest like uk gross it did the numbers you know it's just a great bond series with the best bond but do you two have any questions about that because i know you both don't like daniel craig uh, I know I, I like Daniel Craig. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, I I'm, yeah, I'm a Luke, fan as well. Yeah, Luke. I like him. He's just uh, he's just not the best Bond, unfortunately, mate. <laughs> he's uh... <laughs> that's all I do to defend him. Yeah, no, I I do really like him. Um, I think apart from Quantum of Solace, fair play. I, I will. Yeah, I will give a pass on quantum of solace i'm just glad it's only an hour and a half long let's just yeah 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 but i like him yeah he's a he is a he's a good leading man in a good series of action films i'm just not convinced it's all that bond like but i get i i do completely agree actually that he is a great bond for the big screen uh especially in like the modern day so i get it yeah that's the thing it's a modern He's a modern day Bond for modern day audiences. Well, Quantum of Solace, because that's just. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I mean, I know we're talking more uh, about the films in our next part of this one, but yeah. I can. Although I don't think it's I've got, I got enough. I've got enough time <laughs> to mention that Quantum of Solace is dog shit. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just. I mean, I know that we're speaking about it next one. Quantum of Solace was probably once a good film. But unfortunately, the director of Finding Neverland directed it. <laughs> Fuck me. Did really? you know that? Uh, yeah, it's I've forgotten his name, but he's only done he only done dramas up right. until this Bond, and then that he done makes, World War Z. That makes sense, so you can okay. do you know what I mean? You can see that he's trying to do something with it, but it's just not working. Yeah, but no, yeah, that's, that's the we. But when Quantum of Solace is your only like kind of weaker Bond film, that's not a bad, you know. Yeah, I think to be fair, I think all of them have probably got a bad one if you look at it. Like even Connery and Roger Moore, they definitely had a couple that are probably, you know, yeah. questionable. Yeah. But, um, yeah, for me, Daniel Craig. I think when he first came in, because I was massively into Bond when I was a teenager, and yeah, I, uh, you know. 
having the others like Connery, Roger Moore, and even Brosnan at the time for me, like Daniel mm. Craig didn't seem like, you know, you're going back to that blonde Bond thing. He didn't yeah. seem like the pick for me. Um, had I known what was going to come out of it, you know, 14 years later, then I'd have been like, oh, can't wait. Like, you know, he's done really well, I think. Um, he's Again, he sort of comes over posh, but he's got that rough, uh, rugged sort of side to him. You know, he, he kind of looks like he's been in a boxing match, doesn't he? Yeah, but, exactly. It's that appeal uh, to kind of all audience, which is yeah. weird. Like, he, he, you know, you probably know a, a woman in your life that fancied him at one point. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, do you know what I mean? You know, you know, men probably admire Daniel Craig. You know, women fancy him and men want to be admire him. him or something like that. <laughs> um, um, and I'm yeah. sure that's how Bond was once described. So, the, um, yeah, I think he fits the bill to be honest. I mean, obviously, this is looking like probably going to be his last one when it eventually comes out. Yeah, um, and you can tell that Sony, no, it's not Sony anymore. Is it Eon that produces the film? Is it? I'm not too sure. I've got to be honest. It's Eon. And they, do you know how much they paid him for this new film? How much? £25 million per film. Shit him out. That's a lot. And I'm pretty That's sure the new one, they gave him £5 million extra because they wanted him. That's why he, there's been such a long stint since Spectre to this one. Because they just they needed Daniel Craig. He pulls in audience because yeah. he's the best Bond. <laughs> questionable but he's Best still quality um so just to sum it up like there's six bonds so far um i don't think any of them are awful you know obviously some oh, have screen time than um then up who do you think is awful then george lazenbury uh, oh just, no way I don't think that, yeah. that's not i don't I'm, think it's there i got bored um, with his film i was just like yeah, I've I've not seen a lot of it, but I'm looking at him as a Bond. I just um, yeah, just yeah. No, and Timothy Dalton, he's not the greatest. Right, we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, can I can so, I be a knobhead quickly? Yeah, why, well, why, why break a habit of a lifetime? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I want to go back and just ask, like you two, if you had to pick the next Bond, who would you be? Who would it be? That's a great question, actually. Yeah, uh, see. Who's knobhead now? <laughs> I, I never said I'm not a knobhead. <laughs> oh, oh, fair. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, who, who... I've got to have a think. I've got to have a think here, Luke. I know. I thought I'm going to throw this question in because. Yeah, I mean that's that's a real toughie. Um... Like, what does your gut tell you straight away? Like, who was the first person you thought of? I mean, honestly. The first thing I thought was that James Bond is going to get killed off and 007 is going to be reassigned to be a woman in the next Bond film. That's the first yeah. thing I thought. And that makes yeah, it really I, hard kind to of heard answer the question. Because the woman, I've forgotten the woman's actress's name because she hasn't been in much, I don't is think. It, um, Lashana Lynch? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. But she's come out saying that she's playing the 007, right? Which which makes sense because 007 isn't the character these films are based on. It's James Bond. So she, I have a feeling that she's is 007, but for a small part of the new film, because 
James Bond is no longer 007 because he's left. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, interesting. that's what I've seen, you know. Yeah. Like, that's, that's what makes it really difficult is that mm. there's been so much talk about who the next Bond should be, whether they should be black, white, male, female. Yeah. Uh, it, like, it makes it so difficult to say who, who you would cast in that next yeah. role. But yeah, I mean, like I said, I get the feeling that whatever comes next, it will be a change from what we've seen, yeah. you know, for the last uh, 60 years or something crazy yeah, yeah. like that, you know? Um, I don't know. If, if they stick with the f- tried and tested formula... Yeah, yeah, let's who, say that, if they stick with that. Who fits the bill? I mean, hilariously, the first name that popped into my head was Ben Stiller, and I can't really... <laughs> Fucking hell. I know, it's troubling, but... I, I would watch that. I really <laughs> could watch that. Uh, um, but, yeah, I, I reckon... God, it's so hard. Right, Rich, you've had long enough to think. What do you think? Um, so I had, like, a look. I, I quite often have a little, like, sneaky peek at sort of the odds and that. Yeah, just, oh, yeah it, nice. just even though you can't always go on it, it's just interesting to see you pop oh, up. I get that. They've had it going for years, and one one of the top ones they always mention is Tom Hardy. Mm. Um, I personally wouldn't go for that. I, as much no, as I, I love, was, I yeah. love Tom Hardy. I think he's a great actor, but I wouldn't have him as Bond. I think sometimes I think in a way I'd like to go some for someone who's not as well known to take over rather than someone who's yeah. already massively established and then they can like make their own way with it. Yeah. Um, and one who he is always quite high up on the odds um, is, and he's mainly done TV roles. He's done a few films, but it's James Norton. And oh, yeah. He, you know what? I've fits, never heard of him. He, you know him if you see him, cause it's a funny one. He's one of those ones. He isn't what you would deem um, typically handsome, but he, James Norton, yeah? He's yeah, he's very uh sought after by the ladies. And um he does have that charisma on screen whenever I've seen him. You think there's just something about this guy. Um and he's got it and okay. whatever that is, you know, he's a good actor. Um like I said, he's he's got that ladies man sort of vibe about him. But again, do we go do we stick to that tried and tested formula or do we try something different? See, this is when I would select who I think would be good. And it's not, it is still the tried and tested formula, but I would pick uh, John David Washington. It was in Tenet. Did anyone see Tenet? No, but yeah, yeah. Black Gunsman. Yeah. He's, he's Denzel Washington's son, isn't he? So that's right. Yeah. He's, but when I watched Tenet and yes, I know it's a bit of like a Christopher Nolan's homage to James Bond in some places. But I was watching it just going, you know what? He could actually play Bond. I was just watching him and he had that persona about himself with the character on Tenor that you could have just moved to a Bond film and make him Bond, I suppose, but you wouldn't even tell. That makes sense. Right. But that's yeah. who I would pick. That's so, an interesting choice. Um, yeah, I think we need to go like ahead and I think it does need to try and change that tried and tested formula. There needs to be some progression as well. Yeah, I mean, whoever goes in, I'll give them, you know, you've you got to give them the opportunity and have an exactly. open mind with it. Um, so, yeah, 
the only thing I am laughing at is that I did just take a look at the odds, and 250 to one has got Chris Eubank to be the <laughs> next James Bond. I think I think that's worth a 50p bet, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> absolutely, it is. Right, how ace is that? Um, yeah, right. That's um, enough Bond actor talk, though. Uh, on that <laughs> on that note, we'll move on to something else that's quite iconic with bond yeah. and, uh, and the movies and that's like the bond themes and of course it's a big thing about bond the theme everyone gets excited whenever the new film's coming out because they want to find out who's going to be doing it um and again the actual main bond theme which was the theme for dr no mm-hmm. is iconic like one of the most iconic themes for a movie um we all know it and it's it, like i said it's iconic as soon as you hear those first couple of notes you're like you're straight in on Bond and you're in that mindset. Um, so, yeah, everyone loves that one. And then uh, moving on, uh, so it was like From Russia With Love was by Matt Monroe. That's a bit, I don't know if we, uh, any of you guys have heard that one. A little bit boring, yeah, I've got to be cool. honest. Um, I had to listen through to them all when we said this is what we were going to do. And do you know what? It's a bit of a funny one, but I realise there's not actually a lot of the themes I really would say I like and would listen to um no, there isn't a lot interestingly enough um i thought yeah going that going back over it i realized there's actually only a few obviously one of the biggest ones uh and luke you're gonna talk about this one a little bit uh is goldfinger by shirley bassey yeah man i mean it's just so good but it's also a little bit silly but it's just great it's so grand like right from the off Mm. yeah i just love it it's so big it's bombastic there's not any messing around with it at all and it's just so classy as well because it's shirley bassey like i absolutely love shirley bassey's voice i've got a couple of her albums that I, i listen to fairly regularly like i don't know if that's a good admission to make publicly or not but she just has such an incredible voice and it's just it's so right for bond themes i think and definitely i think it sets the tone for what a bond theme like a classic bond theme should be like some of the really good ones that are followed kind of follow that template um especially when you get to something new like skyfall for example you don't get to Skyfall unless you've got Goldfinger. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I know what you mean there, actually. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I just love it. Like, it's, it's one of those... I mean, forgive me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but it's, it's one of the only Bond themes that I can think of that properly sort of references its title, character, and tells you kind of what you're in for. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I guess that that plays into into it not being in any way subtle in terms of its messaging or its delivery. You know, like, it's just, but it's just absolutely superb. I, I love it. I love it so much. Lewis, your opinion on the uh, Goldfinger? Yeah, no, I agree with Luke. I think. It just sets the paved stones for 
every Bond, you know, theme that came out. And yeah, it is. It's up there. It's not my personal favorite game, but it is up there. Yeah, I think same here. It's one of the classic ones, and I think um, when you compare it to Skyfall, it's that similar um, vibe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's probably one of my. Like I said, there's some I'm not massive on anyway, so it's probably um, quite high up in my favourites. After that, you got Thunderball, Tom Jones. I'm, I'm not a big lover of that one, to be honest. Um, he fainted while he was singing the final high note, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Did he? Fair enough. <laughs> and then Nancy Sinatra, You Only Live Twice. That's a good one. Um, you'll know there's a little tune to that because Robbie Williams nicked it and used it on Millennium. So yeah, uh, both yeah. um, you know what, both watch both absolute bangers. So won't have a word said <laughs> against either one. <laughs> yeah, it is a guilty pleasure to be fair, but I love that little tune. Um, yeah, um, Louis Armstrong did the theme tune for "On the Most Secret Service." We have all the time in the world. That's an alright one to be fair. Um, it's not hugely memorable, um, and then again. Shirley Batty's back with Diamonds Are Forever, which is another pretty iconic one when you um when you line them all up. I think everyone knows that one. Yeah, definitely. You, um, I, you're a fan I, of that one as well. I nearly went for that one over Goldfinger, but the film is quite bad, and that definitely takes something away f- from it for me. I'm kind of glad you didn't, because I feel like it's a carbon copy as well, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, I get what you mean. Just say, can you do what you did with you know, golf and go, oh, yeah, sure, no worries. I don't know why I put an accent on, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, as far as I know, Shirley Bassey isn't South African, but I mean, that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> is she Welsh? She is, yeah. yeah. She is, yeah. I yeah. don't know why, but I just, I thought she was American for a son. And then I just remember <laughs> Tom Jones did a few and then Welsh connection. And then um, moving on from that, Live and Let Die, Paul McCartney and the Wings. Um, Lewis, you wanted to say something about that one? Yeah, I mean, it's Paul McCartney. Do you know what I mean? He's such a legend in his field, well, a legend as a person anyhow. And the song, you know, is just so catchy and earwormy. When you think of Bond themes, you do think of, you know, your Shirley Bassey's um, and your Tom Jones but if you were just in a car or something, then Live and Let Die came on the radio. You're more focused about the song. You're going, yeah, this is, I like this song. I remember when this song came out and stuff like that. I mean, I personally don't because I wasn't born. Um, <laughs> but it it just works well in the Bond film. And it also works well outside the Bond film. And yeah, I just think it's so catchy and it's just so good. Yeah, it's another... Um... One of the popular ones. Uh, yeah. it's, been, I mean, it's obviously I, been covered quite a few times as well. Like Guns yeah, and Roses you, covered it. Yeah, you said it earlier as well, where you you know you listen to the songs for the playlist, and I I can bet you did what I done as well, where you listen to some and you're like, yeah, this song's not that great, and you press skip. Yeah. Until you find Live and Let Die, and you press play, and then you just go, actually, I can listen to this all the way through. <laughs> yeah, I I've, I've got to come clean to be honest. It's not. One of my favourites. Um, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, I understand. Like it's one of the more popular ones, and people love it. But um, I don't know if I'd ever really choose to put it on. And I like I like Paul McCartney as well in the Wings. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's a good one. But 
it wouldn't be like one of my favourites. But no, I can understand like why you might go for it, Luke. I think I agree with you, Rich. It's not one of my favourites, but it yeah. could be. But okay, there's like two. It's like two songs that are very different, smashed into one thing, and neither one quite equates with the other. Okay, no, like because when it starts, it's slow and it's good, and then it just explodes, and you're like, "Oh hell yeah, I'm in." Yeah, and then yeah. you get to the verse, yeah. and it just kind of <laughs> plods along, and that for me just epitomizes everything that Paul McCartney did post Beatles. And I okay. can't get on board with it, but that bit where it's big and fast and good, yeah, I yeah. love it. Yeah, but like I... I can't, I can't make sense of it as a whole thing. That's that's okay. pretty much why um, you got I mean, it. I've not thought about it like that. No, I hadn't either, and it and it kind of I won't spoil what my other choice is because Luke, I have changed it. Um, <laughs> and now you, as soon as you said that, I went. I reckon they're my kind of songs. <laughs> oh, all right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you uh, so you move on from "Living Let Die" to "Man with a Golden Gun," which was uh, sung by Lulu. Um, when I revisited this, I couldn't remember what it went like to be honest. Yeah, um, and I still can't remember what it went like now. Um, because I skipped over it. So what? I wasn't a, wasn't a massive <laughs> How fan could of that you skip one. Over, I mean, it wasn't one of my choice. Was it anyone's choice? Is this? Well, Lulu. Uh, nice. Yeah, I don't think it uh, was, but I mean, I'll put it up there in the honourable mention. Bloody love this uh, song. I wasn't not a fan. However, the next one I am a big fan of, oh. and it's another one that someone nicked off me as my little one of my favourite tweets. <laughs> But um, and I played it just before we put the podcast on, and I was like, you know, I'm not going to lie, I was singing along, bowing out. That's fair. Um, and ask Carly Simon, nobody does it better, which was obviously used for the spy you love me. Um, Luke, do you want to talk on that I one, mean, mate? Yeah, I could talk about it all day if you wanted. Um, I love it so much. It's not just one of my favourite Bond songs. It's just one of my favorite fucking songs. It's amazing. <laughs> and it has, for some reason, like, so Lewis, I'm the same as you, right? Where, yeah. where I was a kid, someone that my dad knew or someone the family knew bought the Bond collection on DVD when yeah. DVDs became affordable. And I got all of their VHS Bond films. Yeah. Right, yeah. and for some reason, when I watched the Spy Who Loved Me, even as a kid, it just struck a chord, and like, it's so good, and it's one of the, I guess it's one of the simpler Bond songs, Bond themes, going because there's no like fancy orchestration going on with it or anything really, but like that, that little. Like that kind of tinkling piano to start it off, it's it's beautiful and it's such a great song as well. Like again, it it just stands out because of I I can't explain what it is that makes me love it so much. Really, I can. <laughs> it it's it's just amazing. I absolutely I think it stands out because there's no other theme like it. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably true. Because I can't think of any theme that's like that one. 
Yeah, no, yeah. I, I think I, I can see where you're coming from. Uh, me personally, love it. Um, it might be my favourite. If not, definitely it would be like my second favourite, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's great. Uh, the way it builds up and then it gets to that end sequence where she's just kind of saying the same thing over and over again, but yeah. it just sounds ace. And um, I think I was a little bit naive, probably was the nobody does it better thing when I was a kid, thinking that <laughs> she was just saying that he was a really good spy. And <laughs> now, like, obviously, like, the connotations change completely as you get older. But um I mean, yeah, he is a great guy. Yeah, he is that too, but he's obviously good. Is that not what the song's well. about? <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah, Carly Simon again, I think she's got a great voice for that hit as well. Um so credit to her too. Yeah, yeah. it's it's just it's ace. And like yeah. you said, piano at the start, as soon as you hear that you're like, Ah oh, yeah, don't I'm in for a good like you know, three or four minutes of a quality tuner. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, I th- I think just t- touching on what you said, Rich. There, like, yeah, you know, I-, I said that Goldfinger was one of the only ones I could think of where this thing's about like the title character um, gives you kind of a- an inclination of-, of who who this guy is, and this one kind of does something similar, but gives you an appreciation. Of almost like I guess you'd say the female gaze, right? Uh, uh, where you kind of look at it from a different perspective and look at the character of Bond, and you start and you just you know, thinking about it, you just go, "Oh yeah, I get it." Like, yeah, it's uh, there aren't aren't any others like I can think of that that would do that, and uh, I guess I guess that's probably part of it. Yeah. And like Lewis said, it is. Um, it does feel so different to almost any other. But yeah, just love it. I'm probably going to listen to it straight after this. So Yeah, I could listen to it again easily. Oh, I um, um, can't remember if I said it on the WhatsApp group or not, but obviously anyone listening isn't in our WhatsApp group. Uh, there is a really good cover of that song by Radiohead on YouTube. So go and find yeah. it. I need oh, to check oh, that out. Yeah. yeah, I need to. Um. So, yeah, after that, we had uh, Shirley Bassey came back for a third stint and did Moonraker. Again, I, I, I don't know this one that well, to be honest, so I must not see Moonraker that much. Um, yeah, I, I, is that a forgettable one, do you think? I, I reckon it is, yeah. I couldn't, yeah. couldn't really couldn't tell you. But then I think... In, um, my, in my head, I automatically went Moonraker, and I don't, I don't <laughs> know that's how it goes. I mean, who knows? You probably that's not that what I mean. Off, I don't remember this song at all. And then uh, <laughs> after that, we had Sheena Easton with Fioros Only, which I think is pretty... I turned that one off out about three seconds in. It just sounded awful. <laughs> so, not a fan. Uh, Rita Coolidge, All Time High for Octopussy. Yeah, you couldn't really do a song called Octopussy, I suppose. Yeah, I, again, I don't remember that one that well. Um, oh, I don't. And then... You got another one here, which I'll probably say I got a bit of a soft spot for this one, um, and this is another one of my favourite choices. And again, it probably goes back to me owning the video, and that's a view to a kill by Duran Duran. Yeah, banger, love it. Um, I, no, I think it's a good choice. Yeah, I um, I just loved like the drums at the start, like, and it's it's got that Bond feeling to it, you know. I I don't mind Duran Duran to be honest. I think they got some decent hits from back in the day. Um, 
But yeah, this one fires you up, I think. Definitely. Um, it's just a good 80s song as well. Yeah, I think probably the best thing about that film. But again, we'll get on to that in uh, <laughs> the next episode. <laughs> so, yeah, and then Aha, The Living Daylights. Again, don't know that one that well. Um, oh, I don't. I, I skipped over it when I went through the playlist again. I had a little skim through and I just wasn't, it wasn't uh, clicking with me that one. And then Gladys Knight, who's obviously a legend, um, did uh, License to Kill in 1989. Uh, and here's another one of my favourites. Uh, so for Pierce Brosnan's first film, the absolutely iconic Tina Turner did GoldenEye. I love this theme tune and I'm quite a big Tina Turner fan, to be honest. Um, I've listened to quite a lot of her albums. She's a great singer. Um, my mum actually got to see her in the eighties. Um, nice. Which, yeah, really? yeah, I think like probably quite a decent time to see her cause she'd have been well established at that point. Um, and a young Brian Adams actually supported her. The intro to it, it's quite, there's almost like a sinisterness to it. Uh, but and you know it's an intriguing sort of mystery. Um, Tina Turner okay. just adds a sort of like sex appeal to it. I think it really worked at the time. You know, it's like mid nineties. I love it. It's just again, Goldeneye was one I watched when I was a kid quite a lot. Uh, even though again, it's one of the sort of like I think we're looking about a twelve. I think for that one, it wasn't quite a fifteen, was it? But um, I don't know actually. Was it? 15? I don't know. I'd have to check. Um, might have been yeah that was when yeah. it was getting a bit yeah it's definitely one of, one of the more grittier ones um, and there was yeah there's some like quite gory moments in it if I remember rightly but um, yeah the theme tune for this it's brilliant like, like I said Tina Turner she's sort of of that Shirley Bassey kind of ilk yeah do you guys have an opinion on this theme Luke yeah it's really good I went and listened to it the other day um because you'd mentioned it and um i didn't think i liked it and actually i do really like it and i think what you said there is probably the reason why because it it is kind of similar to a to something that shirley bassey might do but it's a different voice i think that adds a probably a freshness to it that it needed when goldeneye kind of rebooted the franchise back in the mid nineties, but yeah, it's a, it's a great tune. Really enjoy it. Yeah. Do you want to know a little interesting fact about that? And I'd heard this a while back, actually Bono and the edge wrote this. Huh. Really? Yeah. Which like, okay. uh, oh, to be fair, like back in the day, they, they were responsible for writing some of the greatest songs. Uh, some mm, of their, yeah. like some of their older works, absolutely like, you know, top notch. Um, but you wouldn't link them to this specifically. So, yeah, that's quite an interesting one. Um, yeah, Lewis, nice. do you like this one? I, I mean, yeah, I, I think this is iconic and it's up there in um, one of the better ones. Uh, obviously, I didn't see this when I was a kid. I was older when it came out. Um, right. But, yeah, no, I, I, I love it. And then I'm singing it in my head as we speak. So. Yeah, it, again, it, for me, it, like, it oozes bond of that period. Um, so after that, Tomorrow Never Dies by Cheryl Crow. Not fussed really myself on that one. And then The yeah. World Is Not Enough by Garbage, which is garbage. 
<laughs> oh fucking hell which brings me to do you guys have anything to say on either of those by the way because no 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 i do no, i do get to the, the next get one. to the next one though yeah yeah, yeah. the <laughs> next on. one is the biggest pile of sh- not only biggest pile of shit with a bomb theme but biggest pile of shit song ever if we were just doing songs in general and that's madonna with her rendition of die another day beautiful mate i mean maybe you should have done it yeah i mean that was just iconic right there <laughs> thank you um but yeah i mean this one's just like I, i've got a little bit of a soft spot for the film like it's probably shit but it's kind of a guilty pleasure but again we'll get on to that in the next one and we've said that a lot today but never mind um the song is pants like it's it's just terrible isn't it I'm going to say something in a minute, but you two carry on. Fucking hell. I know what you're going to say. Luke, what do you think? Yeah, it's horrible. No. No, it's it's horrible. I I mean, I I will die on this hill if I have to. It's a horrible song. (laughs) I just... It's got no redeeming features. That's that's it. That's all I'm saying. I've had Rika now, and that would honestly—I'd have that again <laughs> rather than listen to that song again. It's, it's terrible. <laughs> it is not that bad. It is awful, right, Lewis. I, see... I let—I let a lot of these things slide with you, but you're just pushing. <laughs> you've taken it too far now. No, I can see that it's a really shit Bond theme, but as a song. You know, when you're flicking through music channels, it just for some reason always appears the music video is probably like looks quite expensive i don't doubt it well anyway no i yeah i just it's that's this is my guilty pleasure of a theme disappointment oh yeah it's two madonnas sorry (laughs) yeah it's um yeah not for me that's that's definitely the lowest um and then uh yeah, you got Chris Cornell with um, You Know My Name, uh, the late Chris Cornell. Um, I can hear like the intro to that, and it's again, it's very Bond-like, but um, yeah. I don't love the song, if I'm honest. like I wouldn't put it on to listen to. I'd listen to it at the start of the film, and that's probably about where it ends for me. Uh, oh, and this next one, like the... I'm not a fan of Another Way to Die by Jack White and Alicia Keys either, to be honest. <laughs> Which um, I know Lewis wants to say a little a word I mean, about that. That's why I'm laughing, because I think this is up there, one of the best ones. <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> I mean, Quantum of Solace was a shit film. But, I, again, I think this is one of those things where it kind of comes back to uh, the nostalgia of it. Because, obviously, Casino Royale was that kind of, well, we're testing... We're testing waters. We've got a new bond. We've got a new theme. I, yeah. I remember as a kid, the new theme wasn't advertised as much. Like I'd, I'd not heard it before the film, if that makes sense. Right. Okay. Yeah. But for another time to die, I remember distinctively, you know, waiting until midnight until it was released so that I could hear the new bond theme. And at first I didn't like it. And then it just gradually grew on me and grew on me. And I, I, I do have a feeling this, you know, as what Luke said earlier about the two songs trying to mash together. You got the kind of weird guitar element, but Alicia Keys singing as well. It, it for me, it shouldn't work, but it does. 
because like what I was doing, like we probably all did, I was flicking through the Bond songs and I found myself just pottering around the house singing Another Way to Die. And I just thought, yeah, I think that might have to be my choice. I mean, it's fair enough. It's not obviously a lot of people rate it. Um, it's just me personally. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a huge Jack White fan. Um, I don't mind Alicia yeah. Keys actually. She's, um, she's done some good songs over the years. I mean, it might be because I uh, am a White fan as well. So no, that's fair enough. Um, Luke, do you like that one? Bit of an odd one. I don't hate it, but I remember when, it, when they said that that would be the theme. It, that the new Bond theme would be by Jack White and Alicia Keys. I just sort of thought, that's weird. It's an odd combo. It's not an awful song, but I don't know. It sounds, for a Bond theme, it sounds a bit sort of lo-fi, which I guess is the point, but there's yeah. something about it that doesn't... It's almost like, to me, it doesn't seem like finished or polished enough. I think part of that's her vocal because I just don't think that their voices go well together. Nah. Well, it's still fucking streets ahead of Die Another Day, so. God, yeah. <laughs> fucking up. The sound of me farting is better than that. Very <laughs> wrong with you. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it was like they picked two names out of a hat and said, yeah, this is who will. It's just really random. Um, but I mean, respect for sort of taking a risk. Um, and then after that, you got Skyfall by Adele, which is obviously, again, like we were saying, it's that sort of Shirley Bassey ilk. Yeah, um, when they went back to... Their yeah, it works. Thing, it works for it the does. film. Uh, again, it's on, I don't love the song. Like, I wouldn't choose to put it on, but it works for the film. So, um, fair play to that. Was it the 50th anniversary? That probably... Yeah, 1962, I think, was Doctor No, and then 2012, yeah. Skyfall. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so they had to kind of have... Let's be honest, Adele was the perfect choice for that song. Yeah, I think when I saw she was doing it, I thought, yeah, I can see why they've picked her, because she's obviously, yeah. like, you know, one of the top uh, singers of the current era. Yeah. Uh, so, did it win an Oscar? Um, I f- think so. Yeah, I imagine it would uh, have, yeah. It earned Adele an Oscar, yeah. Yeah, because didn't she go up and, like, swear when she got it? Yeah, because <laughs> I, I just love Adele anyway, so... Um, And then after that, which is, like, the penultimate theme, uh, Sam Smith writings on the wall, I'm not a huge lover of that. I'm guessing Lewis is going to say he loves that as well. No, no, this... Uh, I've got a love-hate relationship with this one. It's All not right. one I would listen to, like, frequently. But if it's... If I suddenly hear it, I'll go, oh, yeah, that's... You know, yeah, it's 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 there. It exists. Yeah, I'm not a massive fan of that. And then the latest one, uh, Billie Eilish, No Time to Die. And I've got to be honest, I'm sorry to be a boring old git, but I don't really like that one either. So there we go. I think it's better than writings on the wall. Yeah, I I I need me. I need to. I'm not a massive Billie Eilish fan. Again, I respect her for what she does, but it's not my cup of tea. Um, Luke, I'd be guessing it weren't yours. Yeah, uh, you would expect that, wouldn't you? And I expected oh, no, it as really? well. Well, I actually really like it. Um, <laughs> That's uh, good. No way. I didn't expect to really like Billie Eilish. And yet here we are. And yeah, I, do. I think he's good. I'm a Billie Eilish fan. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It goes it goes against the grain of so, much, so many of my yeah. uh, musical tastes. But... Um, 
Yeah, uh, it's it's a great song. She's a she's a really different pick um, for the theme because I guess it's been a while since. Well, yeah, it's been twelve years since they had an American. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, but I think it works. I really like it. I think she can kind of turn her hands to quite a lot of quite a lot of different things, and yeah, it works on her. So I'm a fan. I'll um, I'll give yeah. it another go. I'll have a give listen a after go, this, and, um, see. I'll let you. I'll give you my feedback. But um, get yourself like your your best because I've noticed with Billie Eilish, you've got to listen on some good headphones. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'll um. That's my homework then. Um, but yeah. yeah, that's um that's all for now, guys. So uh, that's our Bond part one. We've done actors who play Bond uh, and the Bond themes, and then part two, we're going to be looking a little bit more at the actual films, the villains, and we'll take a little look at like some of the females that have been in Bond films as well. So we put out some questions on our Twitter feed and asked who was your favourite Bond and what you thought the best Bond theme was. Uh, Terry Ferris, who's actually my dad, said, I should say Connery, but more did make me laugh a lot. Goldeneye for theme for short. You only live twice a close second. Friday Night Music Party said, My first Bond film was Moonraker, so to me Roger Moore was always Bond. My favourite themes have always been Goldfinger and A View to a Kill. Suzanne M. Hall said, The Late Sean Connery. Spy Hard's podcast said, Sean Connery gets my vote. That's from one half of the podcast at Tiberius Hardy. At the flick said Timothy Dalton. He is the Bond of the books and he is Welsh. And they've also put a signed photo up of him, which is pretty awesome. And finally, the Paul and Griff Show podcast. Sean Connery, he is the Bond. His first four outings are some of the best in the history of Bond. He knew how to wear a suit. So thanks a lot for your contribution, guys, and we'll give you a tag on that one. So thank you for listening to that one.